0: Section 4 of the Green Forest Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Green Forest Fairy Book by Loretta Ellen Brady. Dame Grumble and her Curious Apple Tree. Chapter 3. Now it happened at this time when all Dame Grumble's troubles seemed too many to be borne, that the good dame and her son enjoyed a visitor. Visitors in that country quite close to the top of the earth were very rare, you may be sure. This visitor was not an ordinary sort of person. Far from that was he, indeed. Because he journeyed ceaselessly about the earth and was well known to folk of many lands, he was called the Traveller. But though he roamed thus everywhere, The traveller seemed never bound For any certain land or country, But went his ways just as the winds of heaven went theirs. The traveller never remained long in any city or village. Nevertheless, he stayed long enough To do a kindness for some sad one, Or to help some poor one on his way. Few people ever could agree about his age, The old thought him young, and the young thought him old. However, young and old alike agreed that the traveller seemed possessed of magic powers to banish cares and troubles. Wherever he found quarrels and spites, he left love and kindliness. Where he found envy, he left content. Where he went once, the traveller always found a warm welcome awaiting him on his return what was the secret source of the traveller's noble qualities was a mystery to all folk some said the traveller kept his cheerful spirit because of a certain great cloak that he always wore this cloak they said was made of wool woven from the fleece of fairy sheep and had great powers of happiness others said that in a far-off country the traveller had drunk deeply of a certain magic well the waters of which were said to bless one with a kindly heart for evermore still others thought the traveller's power over cares and sorrow lay in the plain wood staff that he always carried but though the secret of his soothing charm was thus uncertain certain it was that the traveller paid a visit to dame grumble and her son one chill autumn evening and the story of it all is this it happened one day as the traveller was walking along the road that led up to the country quite close to the top of the earth he chanced to meet the north wind now the north wind loved to tease and play his tricks on everyone and so he seized the traveller's hat and blew it five fields off he swept stinging dust into his eyes and wrapped his cloak so tightly around him that but for his staff the traveller would have stumbled though he was so bothered and annoyed the traveller did not complain he loosed his cloak and wiped his eyes of the dust then once again he set upon his way ah said the traveller it is a strong wind that blows here but how clean the road is swept in consequence it is also a good wind the north wind had expected blame instead of praise and was abashed so straightway he brought back the hat and then he blew gently in the direction which would best suit the traveller's footsteps so it was that this visitor knocked at dame grumble's cottage one evening just at candlelight The traveller begged her hospitality, and Dame Grumble bade him enter. She placed a chair before the hearth, and began to prepare a supper for him. All the while she complained most bitterly that she should thus receive a guest in her kitchen. When she set forth the supper, Dame Grumble sighed, because the bread was brown instead of white. "'Never sigh, Dame Grumble,' urged the traveller with his kindly smile. Seldom have I seen a pleasanter kitchen, and never have I eaten better fare. Your brown bread is fit for a king, and your broth would give courage to a weary army. That is all very well for you to say, good sir, replied Dame Grumble sulkily. But you do not know all my troubles. She did not often find one to give ear to her tale of sorrow, and if the traveller would, Dame Grumble meant that he should hear her, above all else in the world dame grumble loved to talk about her woes then perhaps after supper when you sit before the fire you will tell me of your troubles good dame said the traveller you may be sure dame grumble agreed indeed so eager was she to begin that she hummed a lively tune to hasten her work at the unusual sound of his mother's singing freyo left his bench to learn the cause of it when he saw the traveller He greeted him with warmth. "'We do not often have a visitor, good sir,' said he, "'so I shall leave my work and join you by the fireside.' "'But first,' exclaimed the traveller, "'you must let me see this work of yours. "'You must dearly love it, "'thus to be about it after darkness has fallen "'and all men sit to take their ease.' "'Good sir,' replied Freyo, "'my work is wood-carving, "'and I do love it better than the whole world.' the traveller regarded the great chests and clock-cases with deep admiration and begged freyo to tell him of his work of whom he had learned his skill and whence his designs had come to these questions freyo replied that he did not know he supposed he had taught himself good sir said he some folk make pictures on a canvas with bright-coloured oils and brilliant paints and other folk make pictures with fair words as they tell wonder-tales i have not skill like those but i have dreamed bright dreams and have loved to sit and carve my dreams upon my chests of oak and walnut-wood think you that my skill is fair or that my pictures would please aught beside myself who carved them i have no words to tell you how high i hold your skill declared the traveller and as for the pictures you have carved in wood they would delight a queen or please a king as well they are truly lovely then good sir replied freyo to the apple tree that stands before our door you must give all this praise the summer before the summer that has just passed this good tree of her own accord did give me her two stoutest branches from which i made a pair of crutches then i could wander in the woods from dawn till dark and hear the birds sing songs the whole day long "'Twas then I learned to dream my finest dreams. "'It was like heaven, sir.' "'The poor lad sighed in memory of the happy time, "'and before he could say more, Dame Grumble interrupted. "'The good dame could no longer restrain her tongue, "'or her impatience, it seemed. "'Now, good sir,' cried she, "'you have heard my son. "'You must hear me. "'The apple-tree was not an ordinary tree, "'as my son knew very well.' he did wrong to cut the smallest twig whilst i was gone each year when the cuckoo came calling in the spring there was no finer sight in all the world than the apple tree so thick was it with blossoms that scarce a branch or twig could be seen its fragrance floated on the breeze drawing every bee and butterfly for leagues and leagues about surely with such a tree i might look for a bounteous harvest one would think but alas no sooner was the apple-tree thus decked like a bride than my wicked enemy the north wind would come and blow these blossoms far away but mark you now the wonder of my tale a few blossoms would sometimes fall beneath the tree and when they fell they made a chinking sound like that of small coins in children's banks when they had withered i always found bright new shining pennies where they had lain now from this curious fact i have believed that when the apple-tree would bear fruit the apples would be of gold if young and tender blossoms yield bright new shining pennies does it not follow that the ripened fruit should be of purest gold it would seem so good dame agreed the traveller what then were the apples silver perhaps indeed sir no replied dame grumble with deep feeling for all i know in cutting off the branches of my favourite tree my wicked son bewitched it for though the apple-tree bore fruit this year it bore naught but red apples of a common sort i scorn to gather them oh, oh, wept dame grumble bursting into tears once again at the memory of her loss thus to have my own son so wicked and disobedient whilst i footsore and weary was seeking for the fortune in pennies which the north wind had stolen from me these many years it is too much i am sure good sir you will agree that i have many troubles and that it is not right to call me dame grumble because i sometimes speak of them i had rather agree that you have also many blessings good dame returned the traveller with his kindly smile come let us draw our chairs before the hearth and perhaps you may learn to see them too there is nothing that does so help us see our blessings as the bright flames dancing up the chimney when all the world without is dark and cold but ere she sat down dame grumble recollected yet another grievance and added to my other troubles she complained i have a son who is lame and must be always a burden instead of a staff The traveller nodded gravely that is a sorrow i agree said he and i have no doubt good dame that your motherly heart must often ache with the pity of it all to this dame grumble made no reply she began to think instead for years her mind had been so busy with the plans for her blossoms and her golden harvest that it had quite forgotten how to think of aught else as for her heart it ached only when she thought of the fortune in pennies that the north wind had stolen from her and that she had not found then too dame grumble continued the traveller i must tell you that i think the north wind no more than a rough playful fellow and not wicked as you say only this afternoon he stole my hat and ran away with it but before i had gone twenty yards the amiable fellow had brought it back to me again and since he blew me to your cottage door i will henceforth claim the north wind for my friend then since it was the north wind that brought you to our door i will no longer call him my enemy but instead will call him my friend also declared dame grumble with a smile in the firelight her face suddenly looked so sweet and gentle that Freyo sighed deeply. Dame Grumble heard the sigh, and asked her son the cause of it. "'I sighed because I wished you would smile often, mother,' replied the lad. "'You looked so sweet and pleasant.' And now," began the traveller, "'since we are all so happy, let us begin to think about the good dame's difficulties, the fortune in pennies which she sought and could not find the precious blossoms which the north wind blows away each spring and the apple tree which should have borne apples of gold but which bore red apples instead for these three evils we must find a remedy without delay now all the while she had been sitting with the traveller by the fireside because of his magic power dame grumble had been thinking busily not of fortunes or of golden apples or yet of red apples either instead quite to her own surprise she was thinking of how wearied she had grown of all these things she wished suddenly that she would never hear of them again judge then of her son's astonishment when she answered the traveller in the following fashion good sir although i set me down to talk about my troubles now that i have told them they seem light and trifling i am indeed amazed that i have heeded them at all though for years and years i have quarrelled with the north wind because he robbed me of a fortune i seem suddenly to care no longer for fortunes or gold or riches or any such for as i peer into the flames it comes to my mind that there are many in this world not so blessed as i many a one is hungry and has naught to eat while my larder is filled some are cold whilst i sit in comfort before a fire of pine-knots that sputter and glow i see now that i have many blessings dame grumble did not know she had these thoughts because of the traveller ah cried the traveller did i not say the blazing logs helped one to see one's blessings and was i not right i have often fancied that was so good sir agreed freyo and now since my mother no longer wishes to talk about her troubles perhaps you will tell us tales of your journeys you are a traveller and have seen far distant lands pray do good sir begged dame grumble too it is long since my son and i have heard tales of any sort also from your great wisdom i have a notion that we shall be highly entertained so the traveller told them tales of other lands He told of strange birds with bright-hued feathers Of such great length that they swept upon the ground Like queens' trains. He told of burning mountains and of fiery lakes, Of lovely flowers blooming in the snow, And gardens that grew underneath the sea. The wind, without, howled dismally. Within the flames leaped high And made queer elfin shadows To dance on the walls. The clock ticked off the minutes into hours, but still Dame Grumble and her son sat listening, rapt in wonder. At last the candles snuffed out, and naught but the back log smouldered and glowed in the darkness. "'Now, good sir,' cried Dame Grumble, "'I'm sure that you must be weary.' She bade him take the best room, but the traveller refused the comfortable chair in which he sat was all he needed, he declared, and he bade the good dame and her son good-night. When they awakened next morning, he had gone, but on the chair they found his staff. Fastened to the staff, there was a note which bade Freyo use it in place of the crutches, and said that when he had no longer need for it, to give it to some other one that had mother said "Freo, when he had read the note over and over again would this not seem to say that i might one day walk without the aid of either crutch or staff what think you of it it would seem so my son replied the dame and then how happy i would be a knock at the door startled them both dame grumble thinking it was the traveller returned hastened to open but it was not he it was a king's herald dressed in scarlet satin and silver laces i am the herald of king silversword said he he bowed low to dame grumble as though she were a duchess and i am dame grumble at his majesty's service answered dame grumble with a bow equally fine then hearken to my message began the herald He unrolled a scroll of parchment, set thick with king's seals, and written all in silver letters, and read the following proclamation. Know ye that the apple crop of the whole world has failed, from north to south, from east to west, there is not one apple to be found, nay, not for a king's ransom, now that of itself could be borne, none the less, for apples be great luxuries, however THE LITTLE PRINCESS SILVERSTAR, THE ONLY DAUGHTER OF KING SILVERSWORD AND QUEEN SILVERLAND, HAS FALLEN ILL, AND CRAVES CONSTANTLY FOR RED APPLES. THE DOCTORS AND THE MEDICAL MEN HOLD NO HOPE FOR HER RECOVERY, UNLESS SHE HAS TO EAT THE FRUIT SHE CRAVES. WHEREFORE, IF GOOD DAME GRUMBLE WILL SELL A DOZEN OR MORE RED APPLES TO HIS MAJESTY KING SILVERSWORD, SHE MAY NAME ANY SUM OF GOLD OR PORTIONS OF RICH JEWELS IN PAYMENT, nay whether she demand both gold and jewels or even his majesty's entire fortune it shall be hers in exchange for her red apples come now good dame what do you say asked the herald as he rolled up the scroll once more i say good master herald that my red apples are not for sale the dame replied but if they have a power to restore the little princess Silverstar, she may have them all they shall be a gift from me and my son freyo now the herald was amazed at this from the humble surroundings he knew the good dame and her son were naught but worthy peasants and he reasoned wisely that riches would not be amiss accordingly he tried to persuade dame grumble to accept some gift a tract of fertile land a noble mansion or at least a bag or two of gold but dame grumble was firm in her intention and would not be persuaded if my red apples have a power to heal she declared they will have thrice that power if given with a good heart instead of in barter or exchange so the herald besought her no more he called the servants and bade them strip the tree and then with many thanks he hastened on his way Oh, mother cried as they watched the royal coach depart how fine of you to refuse such riches all your life you have so longed for a fortune too indeed my son replied the good dame earnestly the only fortune i desire now is the fortune that you will one day make for me however i must confess that all the while i spoke with the king's herald it seemed that the traveller was close beside to tell me what to say and that the words were not my own. Now, was that not a strange thing? And he, gone these many hours? As she went about her daily tasks, the good dame seemed to have forgotten her old woes and troubles, and Freyo whistled like a thrush as he sat working at his bench. The little cottage had never known such a happy day. Freyo's tools seemed to fly as though by magic, and the gloom that had been slowly settling down upon the little cottage quite close to the top of the earth now seemed to take wings and fly off. It was just at sunset when they heard the blowing of horns and trumpets, and again the coach of King Silversword drew up before their door. Freyo, wishing to hear news of the Princess Silver Star, seized the traveller's staff and hobbled toward the door, But wonder of wonders! No sooner had he leaned his weight upon it than he grew tall and straight as a young poplar tree. Like an arrow he sped from the cottage door, and Dame Grumble rubbed her eyes, lest she should wake and find herself a-dreaming. "'Now look you, good master Herald!' she cried in amazement. "'You saw my son only this morning, and he was lame as lame could be. And now, behold, he walks as well as you or I.' truly say i it is a day of miracles thou sayest right good dame declared the herald it is to tell you of another miracle that i have come hither only this morn the little princess silverstar did eat but one of the red apples and to the delight and wonder of the court she began to grow stronger when she had eaten three or four the doctors and medical men pronounced her cured they believed that the red apples coming as a gift rather than for barter or exchange, had worked an important part in this miraculous recovery. Tonight there is a great feasting and rejoicing in the land of King Silversword, and the praises of Dame Grumble and her son are sung by Rich and Poor and High and Low alike. The Herald then unrolled another scroll and read the following proclamation wherefore his majesty king silversword to show his gratitude doth now create freyo the first wood-carver of his kingdom and master of all other wood-carvers in the land freyo could scarcely believe his good fortune and begged the herald to read the scroll once more then he began to shout with joy and only to think mother he cried i am no longer lame but can walk about like all the youths whom i shall meet at court i am rejoiced declared dame grumble but if there be feasting in all the lands of king Silversword, there should likewise be feasting in our little cottage you are whole and strong and the princess silverstar is restored to health through our gift let us be merry too and you good master herald continued the good dame though our food be plain if happy hearts alone be needed there will be no merrier household in all the world than ours to-night will you not sup with us the herald vowed he would be honoured and so dame grumble popped another pudding in the steaming pot and they all sat down while the three ate and drank the good dame and her son recalled the wonder of their visitor the evening before one could scarce believe the change the traveller wrought upon my mind and heart said the good dame before he came i was scolding and complaining always from morning until night yet since he entered into my door i have had scarce a vexatious thought it would seem good dame that the traveller was some gentle spirit come from afar agreed the herald I do not doubt that he and his magic arts are the secret cause of these miracles we have seen today." When he departed with the herald the next day, Freyo left behind the traveller's staff. The good dame fancied it would be a guard against the return of her low spirits. She leaned on it as she stood by the cottage door and waved her son a farewell, and thought with pride how handsome he was now that he was tall and straight thus we must leave dame grumble in the country quite close to the top of the earth and journey off with freyo on the way to seek his fortune End of section four.